Rana 4 is one of our local chapter supporters and vendors. She has a company, a photography company, it's called Fiber Photo LLC. Uh, Rana has been a chapter supporter for many years. We just talked about in the, as we prepped for this call, how there's been a lot of colliding of worlds with what you do on your day-to-day -day work and the Make-A-Wish world. Um, so without further ado, Rana, welcome to the Wish House Podcast. How are you doing? How are you holding up? How's everything? Thanks, A. It's so good to see you. Um, I miss seeing you in person. Definitely holding up. Um, I think, you know, days go by where you're doing, it's a little harder um, in photography. I do event photography. So at a certain point, all events stopped immediately. So I've been... Um, luckily, I do a lot of other kind of photography, so I've been sort of fitting and focusing in other areas. I'm being very cautious, so I am um, definitely putting myself only in situations that are safe or that as safe as possibly can be, which I know you understand that. It's sort of trying to be super optimistic, um, but also at the same time realistic, and then thinking really about, I, honestly, and I, you know, it's not just because I'm on the Make-A-Wish podcast, but I do think a lot about the kids that are in this situation because that is still going on. Like kids are still in situations where they need help and us as adults and, and as, you know, um, people that are in different situations are are um, managing to, you know, do what they need to do and get through the day. But I do think a lot about sort of the repercussions of all this. And so. I have to say, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I think one of the points you just brought up is something I haven't thought about in a while, but it's 100% true, is that with what we're living through right now with this pandemic and, you know, having to have many people quarantine for X amount of time, for X, Y, Z reason, it's just a small snapshot into what a, a lot of our families have to deal with on a day-to-day -day as their child is going through treatment, where they do feel isolated, they are unable to visit and, and meet with their family members and friends, um, they're not able to have relationships with their, uh, in school or you know work, and everything's kind of turned inside out, and we've been living in this reality for you know close to a year at the time of when we recorded this this episode um and so now people are starting to understand a little bit of what some of our families are dealing with but before we kind of get into that kind of stuff you know with you know the day-to-day -day stuff that our wish kids and families are are and why they're first are referred to us you know what kind of connected you to make wish the first time you know how did that relationship start because you and I go back to when I first started working at Make-A-Wish at the local chapter here at Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley back in 2007, even before that. So I'm curious to find out more about how did you first hear about us? How did that first happen? And, and kind of how did we get to where we are today with our relationship and in our partnership in that you're capturing these moments that you know, we talk about a lot on wishes about wishes. You're actually capturing those images. Um, I, I believe, you know, and, and I think back, I've, I've heard about Make-A-Wish for years, and it's always been one of those things where I would love to do something with Make-A-Wish, but I was so busy and didn't get to reach out, you know, that point where you're going to actually reach out. A lot of times I donated money when I could. I did, I did what I could in that way. Um, and I believe that 
I had met um, several people sort of, and I, and probably had to do with um, some of your board members. So John Crabtree at the Kittle house, um, Howie Goldstein and through his wife, Neva, who was a yoga teacher that I worked with. And I think I started shooting um, just a, a fundraiser for Neva and I, and I hearing Tom speak at that fundraiser. And, and at that point, I'm usually trying to be very quiet when I'm shooting because somebody's speaking and I don't think I, I probably shot like three pictures of him and then just started listening and was, you know, it was appropriate. I got the shots. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but it was, it was very engrossing and very, um, and Tom is just so passionate about it, but in, in the most honest, authentic way that it's, you know, that all of a sudden I thought, wow, I could, here's something I can do. I, you know, it's, I don't have to just donate money. I can actually donate my time. And it was doable. It became like all of a sudden doable. And I think I shot a donor dinner was maybe kind of, you know, one of the things that I shot. So mostly it was starting out by doing some of your events and your fundraisers. And that was a way for me to donate my time and, um, just get, get, a, you know, addicted sort of. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, you know, to our listeners, you know, just to give you some context, our donor dinner is an opportunity that we have to thank our, our donors um, in a very kind of informal way, you know, not in a gala or wish ball or something kind of grand in that way, but it's an opportunity for us to also connect with a lot of local restaurants and eateries that are that are always supporting Make-A-Wish. And we have this donor dinner, which is, you know, uh, like you mentioned, John Crabtree was the one that kind of helped start it along with Greg, um, who- uh, Greg Kelper, out of, right? Yeah, exactly. And Enjoy. they- and, and, yeah. yeah, so we have these amazing restaurants like X2O and Ripper Market, and, you know, I'll just continue yeah, the name dropping, you know? Was, was involved, yeah, and, his, and is still involved, but um, yeah. Right, and it's just great to see all these people in support of Make-A-Wish together. And to, to think that from that experience, which is really a small event, it's not something we publicize. It's just something we do every year as a thank you to our donors. We don't ask for any donations at that, you know, that evening. We just want to thank them. And this is a great way for us to do it. Um, and the fact that that's kind of how you first got your foot in the door with Make-A-Wish through these events is Another thing that I also wanted to mention to our listeners is that skill-based volunteers, because a lot of times you're doing some of this work completely, you know, volunteer work, you know, and, and we, we are beyond grateful for, 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 you be, for you to be able to give us that. Um, but that's one of those things that a lot of people don't realize is that skill-based volunteers is something really important, whether you're a photographer, a copy editor, graphic design, video editing, you know, there's so much stuff, especially now as we're going into this podcast realm. Um, if there's an audio editor out there that can help me out, that'll be fantastic. Um, but, you know, we're always looking for skilled based volunteers outside of the, you know, the day to day visiting wish kids, working at events, spreading awareness about our organization in the community. We also also need those uh, in-house volunteers like office volunteers that are good with administrative work, but also can help us with some skill based stuff like photography. Um, which brings me to my next question, which is, do you have any, you know, earlier we kind of talked about it, but you mentioned how 
your relationship also with kind of started with Make-A-Wish along almost alongside the formation and the success of a, another charity based out of Madison Square Garden, which is the Garden of Dreams Foundation. So you do a lot of work for them. And through that relationship with them, you also have connected with some of our Wish alum, specifically Brian, who is uh, one of the episodes that we released uh, the podcast with. So tell us a little bit about how that relationship started with Garden of Dreams and how did you connect with Brian along the way? Well, it's it's amazing because it, they were sort of at the same time, um, I started, I used to do advertising and commercial photography and then started adding events to that roster. So things were coming up and then I, I started working for Madison Square Garden um, doing more of the event coverage than the sports um, and meeting people there um, in different areas. But the, the people that kept the, the events that I liked the most were the Garden of Dreams. And also at the time there were other, so they were also working with Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley, but then some of the other Make-A-Wish um, chapters, so Make-A-Wish Metro, um, and I got to do a few of those events and just really honed in on, I sort of became the one that, you know, they went to for Garden of Dreams because they was, were definitely my my favorite. Um, and Brian, um, who was a graphic designer in for them, I didn't really see him that often at events. Um, so I didn't really connect him. I think we then did a shoot with you and him and a couple of other alumni at the wish house. So it was this cute little great, you know, portraits. We did a, a few of those. And then I saw him at another event, you know, and then I start, Oh my God, I know you. <laughs> it's the same Brian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, so that was, that was kind of fun. Um, but then realizing the real connection, the partnership um, that you've had or have still with, Garden of Dreams and that sort of um, beyond partnership, friendship kind of thing, which I think is the same thing when I started doing the, the donor dinners and some of the other events, I kind of immediately saw this connection, especially, you know, all of you with all of your vendors. And I got to, as I'm doing the the photographs of those events, I'm also seeing the connections and I'm seeing how the kids, because kids are actually brought, some of them, the um, the wish kids are brought to the event and they're celebrated and the sort of connection, the love that the vendors have for them is just, you know, you see how excited they are to, to meet several different kids because they might have been involved in one wish or you know different things like that so you kind of see this family of vendors you see the family of just all the 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 volunteers the people that have been part of make a wish over the years and new people coming in and there's just this constant um community that is built and you look around and you see all different people from all different walks of life from all different you know um I can't even describe it but it's just um you just see this community that is embracing 
the kids and it, you know, it takes a village and that's what you, you kind of think of when you see that is these are all people that are giving in some way um, to make life just a little more magical. Um, and then you hear the stories of how that actually works, that this is, this is it's not just magic and it's not unicorns and rainbows, but that actually unicorns and rainbows do work. And, you know, that it's, it's, it's scientifically, you know, real. It's actually, um, so, and I see a lot of times, then I started doing wishes. I think I did um, one of the, it was the Macy's Believe um, Campaign shopping w. spree makeover for Victoria, I think her name was. Yes. Yeah, so for our listeners, you know, every December during the holiday season, we've partnered with Macy's as a national organization. We partner with Macy's for their Believe campaign. And one of the things they do with the Believe campaign is not only are you, is Macy's, um, you know, collecting letters to Santa throughout the entire holiday season, but they typically would designate a day that they called Believe Day, where we would highlight a wish child. And the idea was that, or the hope was that it was able, we were able to do highlight a wish somewhat related to Macy's, whether it was a shopping spree wish or, you know, something along those lines that kind of linked up and, ha- and, and be able to focus and highlight that wish locally. And the wish you're talking about, Victoria, I believe her wish was, uh, I think it was Hawaii wish, if I remember correctly. It and I believe she was- before, I, Yeah, before yeah. she was going- yeah, and, and and now that I think about it, she was my wish kid. My wish kid. Um, she was based out of New Rochelle, um, and you know, it was just a really great family. Super, super cute little girl who just wanted to experience an amazing time in Hawaii. And pictures speak for 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 anything I could say. So I'll be sure to sh- I'll be sure to share a photo of her wish uh, in the show notes so that everyone can see. Awesome, Victoria. Her face was just lit. I just, and and what was amazing for me, it was the first time that I had seen um, one of the, the welcomes. So we were waiting for the limo to come, um, big white stretch limo, and she just got out. And then there were a whole bunch, which for me, that was a new experience, was a whole bunch of people, like volunteers, who came with signs and I had no idea how any of this happened. It was just sort of magic. Like, okay, they're all there. It's set up. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. It was like, she walked in and, and there I am with the flash and the camera. So it, that even that just added to the, the, the magic. The, you provided a VIP experience for our wishes. Yeah. You're, you're kind of like that, you know, and for all, anyone that's listening, you know, please know that skill-based volunteers are so important as part of the experience of a wish because a photographer in your particular role, you're adding that, hmm, that sparkle on the wish. And you're, you're literally with the flash and the sounds of yeah. the shutter and, you know, making the, making the child feel like they can conquer the world. That's ultimately the goal that we have um, with, with our wishes and you add that extra layer of the to the experience which actually reminds me of another wish that we also did for macy's believe campaign which was for wish kid olivia who wished <laughs> to be a pop star for a day oh and, my God. and you were you i mean that wish let's talk about yeah. that wish because you know here's this young lady who loves to sing writes her own music she wanted to really feel like a pop star for the day 
Um, we were able to partner very closely with Make-A-Wish America to help create an experience for her to record and, some music. Uh, Epic Records or it was... Yeah, she went to Epic like Records. Gorgeous. She went to iHeart, the iHeart radio station. I think she I think she even met with some people from yeah. 105 and Park, I think, or 105.1 right, right, right. or something like that. Um, it was one of those experiences that you, I, I didn't get a chance to go through the whole day with her, but you did. You spent a lot of time with her kind of as she went through each stage of that wish. How was that for you? Because I mean, how was it? Yeah, that was, and that was, that's interesting because at that point I was not just covering the wish. I was also part, I was like a scheduled little piece of the wish, which is where, you know, a skilled base volunteer comes in handy is that I actually did a little mini photo shoot with her. We said, I actually called in my assistant and he brought, cause we were, at Macy's on Herald Square. So this is not, it's not like I had places where I could leave my stuff. And, you know, so I had my assistant come um, and Teddy Teus, and he's just, he was amazing. He like showed up, had helped me set up like immediately. We were in some, you know, in between the men's clothing and the this, you know, we were sort of in the middle of somewhere, did a real photo shoot for her which was going to then be her out her CD cover, which we, you did CDs for her, which, so in that sense, I became like a part of the wish, which was very different. Normally I'm sort of on the outside, I'm surrounding it. I'm very quiet. I'm, you know, every once in a while I'll, I'll say, okay, look at me and smile, or I'll get the group shots and that kind of thing. But usually I'm the fly on the wall. And here I was like part of her, thing <laughs> you were part you were part of her wish and you were really yeah. an integral part a critical part of it because you're what allowed her to really feel like a pop star because with any pop star you have a recording session you're going to record music in you're going to you know have a writing session so she had time that she was writing her own stuff she had like a wardrobe fitting yeah you know, and then and then makeup, the makeup full, full exactly. hair and makeup they had yeah. like pink streak in her hair which looked awesome and we actually have a great video of her wish experience that we'll be sure to link up in the show notes so that and and there's a there's a section of that video that shows that photo shoot between you and her and you telling her like oh you could pose like this and you know and all this stuff is really really cute so we'll be sure (laughs) to share that that again yeah i mean i'll check it out (laughs) yeah absolutely yes and um and it was just one of those things that really sets you know us apart from many from you know from a lot of a lot of other organizations because we really I really am proud to say that Make-A-Wish really helps uplift the child's spirit during such a difficult time um, and it's tangible like you see it a, a change almost immediately once the wish starts whatever that wish may be whether it's a you know a trip somewhere or it's to have something like a backyard structure or a computer or something along those lines as soon as the process begins for them to have that wish granted to them, something changes. And I think what you just said is really important that it's not just the wish, it's the planning of it. It's something to look forward to. It's something, you know, that you can, during like a hard time, if you can dream of something that or think through, it's such a, and, and not just, for the child, I have to say for the parents and the family, you know, who's going through this, that they know that there are other people that care how they're, you know, and not just other people, but a whole organization and a whole like 
you know, and all the volunteer, you know, that once they, I think once they understand, I mean, at least I feel that way, you know, from a mother's perspective to, to think like, that is so amazing that there's this, you know, entity that comes in to support you in some way. And you probably don't even know what's, how you're feeling about it, but somewhere there's that, you know, effect that sort of, okay, that's going to happen soon. There's, there's some, there's hope. There's just real hope, which I think is just monumental in, in any point of illness or fear. Um, and I have to say, that's a great segue to my next question, which is about hope. Um, because, you know, you, you, you've gone through your own struggles recently. And, you know, I have to say that from my perspective, you know, as, as your friend and I've obviously knowing you all these years, you know, seeing how hopeful you were throughout your personal journey of, you know, illness, um, that was extremely inspiring to me because, you know, I saw the resiliency. I saw that there was hope. There was, we're going to get through this. And, um, and I just want to check in. How, how are you? How are you feeling? How's everything? I'm, you know, I, I think I'm good. You know, you never know. And that's one thing that kind of stays with you is that, you know, I'm, I'm good right now. I'm doing what I can. Um, I have to, I don't think I ever told you this story, but um, Nina, who was a wish kid in, uh, I didn't know her at the time. I didn't know her through, through your wishes. So uh, make a wish Hudson Valley and her, I moved into a house right next to her grandmother and happened to see her and they saw on my car that I had the Make-A-Wish um, magnet on, on my car. So one day her grandmother tells me that, um, and we had just sort of met, but she tells me pretty early that, oh, I, I like to see the star. My my granddaughter was a, a Make-A-Wish kid. And, and um, so then I got to know Nina. And at first I didn't know her because when I just moved in, she was still going through her treatment. So I could see her. I remember one time we had our, our local fire, um, the Croton on Hudson fire um, volunteer fire department puts on a, a Santa thing every year. And it happened to be the warmest December. And so there was Nina coming out of the house and she was probably in mid treatment. And that was the first time I had seen her. Um, and, but then I didn't see her again for a while and then I went through I was diagnosed with cancer with breast cancer um and right before my uh surgery Nina came with her grandmother and brought me a pair of socks and it said said on them fight like a girl and so I wore those socks to the hospital I wore them home from the hospital I you know so for me it was this just powerful message they're still in I have to take a pill every day and so I have this pouch and those socks are in the pouch and Mm. they're wrapped in the you know the pill bottle that I have it's just wrapped in the socks and I just every morning (laughs) take my pill and fight like a girl Um, but it was Nina who was a -a make-a-wish child bringing an adult um, a pair of socks to for me, it was like, yeah, there's, there's the message that it's just not only 
compassion for me, but her generosity and her, her willing, you know, her willingness to give back to, to another person that was in her, you know, the same situation was just amazing. So for me going through my experience, um, Make-A-Wish has been incredible learning and incredible inspiration. And the kids are just, to me, they are the inspiration. And if they can do it, I can do it. Um, and that was, that was a really big thing for me. That's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> I had no idea that <laughs> about that story. Um, if Nina's listening to this episode, which I hope she is, uh, or her grandma is listening, you know. I will. I'll send it to them. Yeah, we, we need them to hear that because, um, you know, Wish Kids, they are, there's something special w- with them. And um, they, they have a sense of resiliency that they they pass on to those around them. It makes me so happy to hear that Nina was able to connect with you in that way. And it it allowed you that that space to be like, you know what, I can, if, if Nina can go through it, then I can, yeah. I can get through this as well. Um so do you find yourself even more in a, in a way and even more of like a kinship with wish kids, you know, you know, now that you've kind of gone through your own personal health uh, journey that now almost in a lot of ways equates in some, in some ways with some of the kids journeys themselves. Yeah. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I, I think on one hand, there's a real, community but I don't think it's necessarily based on that you've had gone through the same experience and that's the unique part of it it's not like we're in a club that other people need to join in a way that they probably don't want to join you can join this club and not have been through it I don't really I don't see a difference in that way. It's it's really kind of interesting. I've thought a lot about it. I think um, their resiliency and the compassion is there anyway. And you learn from that. You feel that. And that's the kind of when you were giving your time and volunteering your time. I think a lot of people tend to think it's, well, it's somewhat selfish that I'm getting something out of it. But I don't necessarily see it as selfish. I see it as um, a connection and that it's, it's, this is where you're allowing your, you know, it's unspoken. It's like your soul is, it's like this, this connect. And, and I'm not like, I don't believe things like that, but it's, uh, you know, when you see what connections do for people and how that just trans, you know, it transforms people and it transcends like everything. It, you know, it transcends problems. Like on days where I had to go and, you know, I was in the middle of my treatment and then I was at, let's say the Ronald McDonald house with, you know, the New York Rangers and they're focused in on the kids um, doing there. And this is with, you know, either garden of dreams or I was doing some stuff with, with make a wish. I remember even just being at the wish house. I think I was there kind of after one of my surgeries pretty soon after. And it just felt like, not that I belonged in the way where, okay, now I belong on the other side because there's no other side. And that Mm -hmm. I think 
was that, you know, that all generosity, all compassion sort of mix up, mix, mixes together and it just provides everybody this sense of like, um, I don't know what the sense is, but it's amazing. It's a really good feeling. <laughs> like it's it's I, worth it. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. And, 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 and shout out to you because if anyone that's listening to this podcast has seen, has gone to our website and has checked out our chapter mm-hmm. staff page, all of our headshots were done by you. So thank you for, uh, for taking our photos. I mean, it had been many years since we had updated our headshots. Um, so we took advantage of um, last year, well, two years now, um, where we were looking at updating the, you know, some of our photo- photography. And obviously our first person we thought about was you. And, and the fact that you had, like you said, had just come back from you know, your own journey um, and you were able to dedicate some time to yeah. share with us in that, in that way was just something you know beyond special and it was just great to see you i think quite i think selfishly we just wanted to see you in person <laughs> um because we wanted to see how you were doing and, and make sure everything was okay um, and that's the, that, that's the other thing is like it's like coming to you know i knew like okay this would be the best shoot to start out with this is i'm going to the wish house this is my first shoot now this is perfect. It was just such a sense of, okay, I'm, I'm with family. It's okay. If I'm, I'm, I knew that if I was uncomfortable or if anything, I could just be completely honest and just say, yeah. you know, I need to take a break or I know we're not going to be on schedule, but you know, that luckily that didn't happen and you guys were awesome. And <laughs> no, I have to say it was great. It was great to have you there. And, um, and obviously we never thought that you know, 2020 was, was going to turn out the way it was going to turn out when we had that photo shoot. Cause I believe we did that photo shoot like October or November, maybe of 2019. Yeah. One of the reasons why we had the photo shoot when we had it was in preparation for us to have an open house at the wish house in Tarrytown. And because of the pandemic and everything having to shut down, we had to cancel, unfortunately, the, uh, the open house. Um, now looking at it a year and a half, almost later, uh, now we have the wish house podcast that, um, that's opening up the doors again to the wish house, but in a different format, um, which we're so thankful to be able to have conversations with people like yourself who are so closely connected to our chapter, um, and opening the doors to our history, because you're a really important part of our chapter history that, you know, I, we, the reason why we started the podcast was to highlight you know, people in our community that are really supporting are part of our fab of the fabric of Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley. And you are one of those threads in that quilt of Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley. And, you know, we talked about just you know, quickly, just a few handful of uh, wishes, uh, but your hands have been in a lot of wishes as well over the years. And, and one of the things that I always wonder about is when, as a photographer, how is it for you in general, but more specifically, like on wishes, how is it for you to to not get kind of caught in like a deer in headlights sometimes with wishes because you have a particular role you're trying to, you know, uh, fill. So you're capturing these moments. How is it, how is it that you kind of navigate through those waters of figuring out when to kind of step in and say something and say, Hey, can you, can we set this shot up or, you know, or to kind of let it, you know, laying back and having that candidness kind of come out. How do you balance all that? Cause I've tried to take pictures on <laughs> wishes and I never have that finesse. So how do you do it so that I can start learning how to, how to <laughs> okay. do it moving forward? Um, I, and thank you that you, you 
find me doing it successfully, but um, I think it's number one, and I'm going to throw the ball back at you guys. Um, you are so organized and you're so, everybody is so completely present at the wishes that I can, I can watch your face and I can see, okay, he's about to start like, he's going to start talking or something, you know, and a lot of times I get a good prep, you know, right before you guys fill me in, we're going to do this. This is what we want. So there's, there's that kind of, so I'm working with a really great structure, um, which makes it a lot easier for me. Um, but at the same time, you do have to, this, it is a live event and anybody that does live events works on, I think it's different if you attend live events rather than work live events. Um, anything can happen <laughs> like, yes. and, and often does. And so you just sort of rally and a lot of it is unspoken you know, communication and you guys are such a good crew and I can watch you guys and I can kind of see, you know, what's happening or, you know, where, where things are moving towards or, um, so there's a lot of that. Um, there's also, I think with families, I'm an observer. I'm, I'm a little bit on the outside, but everybody knows that they're going to want those pictures. So there's, there's an element of whenever anybody calls me over, Hey, can you take our group shot? I'm like, absolutely. You know, like I, I tend to, I would prefer that rather than, and I can, I'm very comfortable walking up to groups and saying, Hey, you guys get together, you know, especially you, you guys at the wish house, you guys are. <laughs> we're, we're flexible. We're easy to work with. <laughs> You're fun. <laughs> One of my favorite shots is a selfie of you yes. guys. We, and, and, and shout out to you as well, because, you know, you also captured one of our last volunteer luncheons that we hosted, which, you know, for, for those that are listening in, Rana has a great Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley shirt, which was actually uh, from that event, um, which was we gave out to all of our volunteers when they arrived. And, you know, one of the most fun things that we have as a staff is our ability to kind of connect with one another, especially at events like this, because, like you said, when you're working an event, you're working an event. You're not able to really fully appreciate the end result of the event um, because you're you're making sure everything is running smoothly and you're making sure that things are happening when they need to happen. So whenever we have those brief moments of where we can take a selfie as a group, or you know, we can have that kind of literally that thirty seconds of just us connecting with one another, and in and, and in many cases with you, that where we're just able to kind of take a breath for those thirty seconds is extremely uh, important to us because it, and it truly feels like you're, like you're part of our team, you know, you're part of our team for the day. And, and we've always felt like that anytime we've worked with you and it's really, truly a pleasure, uh, you know, having you as a partner as, on a lot, on all of our events, because it makes things go a lot smoother for us because we know we don't have anything to worry about. We know that you got it covered. <laughs> Thank you. And you guys know, but again, you guys are really, really organized. Um, I do, I do remember this one, <laughs> which really threw me the one time that I got thrown um, was Brian's wish with the helicopter. Oh yeah. So let me so, set this so up. To I, you. Okay. For our, <laughs> so for our listeners, uh, we had an amazing wish a few years ago for a child. His, his name is Brian. Um, who, you know, just as an update to you, Rana, Brian now lives in Texas uh, with his family. He moved out of territory soon after his wish was granted. 
But Brian's wish was uh, to go to, to Toys R Us, the now defunct Toys R Us. It was <laughs> to go to Toys R Us in a helicopter. And so we were like, hmm, how can we make this happen? So, you know, we were able to connect with um, a local, you know, uh, a vendor that provides helicopter service. And we, were, and we had a great, great um, experience with that. But you had, and you were sheriffs, part of that. And the sheriffs that came with their motorcycles. Yeah. So talk, talk a little bit about that wish. Cause you got to see it from, a, from beginning to end pretty much. Cause you saw it from when we arrived at the heliport pretty much all the way to when he arrived at the Toys R Us greeted yeah, by we were, Jeffrey the giraffe. Yeah. We, I think we started at the hotel or I don't know where we were either a hotel or their house. I don't remember exactly, but mm-hmm. the, um, he had a, an escort, a police sheriff's es- motorcycle escort to the airport, to the heliport whatever heliport right um and um so we get there he is i mean i and i don't really i never really know what each child is going through i don't have any information about that i just remember being told that he had a hard time communicating and i couldn't remember you know i don't remember what i was told but it was you know so so just be prepared. Um, he might not be communicating with you or might not be responding to you. Um, so I'm given very little information, but enough for me to, to not be thrown. Surprised. Right. Surprised. So I was also told that I wasn't going to go on the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, woof. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I have a fear of heights. And I'm like, oh, the oh, one man. thing I'm scared of is, is uh, heights. So I was like, oh, that's probably a good thing. First, I was excited. Oh, maybe I'll go on the helicopter. And I was like, oh, I don't think you want to go on the helicopter. So we get there. The um, I guess the person who owned the heliport or one of the, the, the people who ran it, gave him a tour of the helicopter and we were in the cockpit and he was looking at all the buttons and his just face. So the whole time his face just, just showed this like pure excitement, like just um, really sweet. And he was very young. He was like, yeah, he was maybe five, six years old. He was really little. And he was actually one of my wish kids and and his, he was nonverbal. So he had, you know, his, his speech was, was very limited. Um, but the one thing that he used to own, like really one thing he always used to verbalize was he was, was able to say the word plane. And that was one of the things that came up a lot during the visits with him was he always would point to a plane, helicopters, like this was his thing. He had like all these toy model helicopters and planes in his house that his parents would would get for him. And it was one of the things that it was the core of his wish, what we call the heart of the wish was all about aviation pretty much. And obviously toys were a big part of his life being five, six years old. So he was able to kind of find a way to kind of mesh them together. Uh, but yeah, but continue the story. Cause I know this is yeah, when it gets interesting. Well, I think, I think um, he actually, yeah, I remember this in the car on the way to the, the heliport, he had a little helicopter yes. a toy. Yes. So he was given a little toy. So he would be kind of, flying to the heliport exactly so we could, we could, uh, even though we could do a lot of things at make-a-wish hudson valley we couldn't get a <laughs> helicopter to land on top of a toys of us so we, we had to give him something to hold on to for the the car ride over to the uh and that goes to like the the real inventiveness that also you know it doesn't matter that he didn't take the hell you know that that's not the memory the memory is really 
he achieved it and just sort of seeing that level of detail you know so for me that's a cue that I take a picture of that that's you know so I have that full story um so after he gets his Brian gets his tour of the inside of the helicopter and you guys go, I think you were planning on going and you're mm-hmm. getting in. And I think that they said, Oh, there's room for one more. And I don't think I was part of that. I didn't hear that conversation. So I'm walking away from the helicopter and you call out, you're like, Hey, Rana, you want to go up? <laughs> and I just, That was my deer in the headlights moment where I just thought, yes, I do. <laughs> I you yeah and then you know the other side of my brain was saying no you don't but I I was ready I was walking there and got in and um watching his face as we were going up was uh, you know I couldn't have missed that shot so that I have to say, man, that was an experience. Um, you know, my glasses, you, you know, for those that are listening, you can't see it. My glasses are fogging up because <laughs> of the emotion and of, of remembering that day. Because I'm, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a thrill seeker, but you know, if you tell me I could get on a helicopter, you know, and to accompany the family, especially because they were Spanish speaking family, you know, to help them out so that they didn't, they felt more comfortable. I was willing to sacrifice, you know, my, whatever fears I had or apprehensions right. I had for them. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but I needed some company. Same instinct too, to just like, no, you're going in. That's, yeah. That's it. And I needed, the, and I needed the the you know, emotional support from you to join <laughs> me. Um, and it was such a beautiful uh, flight because you know we, yeah. we they kind of rode the Hudson River. It was really beautiful, and and we did like a, a quick U-turn. It was really really nice. Um, you know, I probably won't get on a helicopter again anytime soon, and I doubt you will <laughs> too. Yeah, it's uh, not something I'm you know gonna try to yeah. But it was very luxurious. It was very nice. It was like nice leather seats. It was very, very comfortable. And and, and we'll make sure to include in the show notes a link to the vendor that actually helped set that all up. Because a lot of, because from my recollection, I believe, you know, if not all of it, most of it was a donation from them um, to help make that happen for our chapter and more specifically for Brian to make his experience even that much more special. So we'll make sure to link it out in the show notes so that people can support them if they, you know, are interested in going on flights uh, down the Hudson River. It's yeah, one of it was the most just, beautiful. I, you know, I wasn't actually once we were up there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was not scared at all. So it was, it was amazing, and they were so awesome with him. So. Yeah, and I have to say, I didn't realize that that you and I actually have worked on so many wishes together. You know, <laughs> in my, my memory, I only had like one or two, and then you know, here we talk about at least three or four. So yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Um, you know, you mentioned before that you've had assistants work with you at um, at, at different photo shoots that you've done or in different uh, events that you know, we've done as a chapter. But you also have had more recently. You had your son actually help you out with the headshots that we did at the office. How has it been for him to kind of see your involvement with Make-A-Wish over the years? Have have you guys shared any stories? And how was it for him to even come to the Wish House? Because I think it was the first time that, you know, we got to meet him in person. We always heard about him, but we yeah. never actually met him. So how was it for him to kind of see you do your thing within our Make-A-Wish world? It was, it was wonderful. And it was great to, because it's, it's family. You guys are like a, a you know, a circle of, uh, family community um so it was really for me it was wonderful and 
interestingly enough, that I think that the walk, I couldn't do the walk for wishes that I don't remember what the timing was. Was it? It must have been in an Octo- in October of um, 2019, because yeah. that's, I believe, around the time when you had, you know, um, everything you were going through. At the time. Right. So at that point, I couldn't do that. Normally, I've done it every year. So for me, that was, um, and so I said to both my son and my daughter, next year, we're all doing the walk. Wow. And that was, unfortunately, 2020. 2020. But. But, but so that's, you know, so for me, it was like, I just felt like I didn't do enough to bring them into this. I mean, you know, with their schedules and all that, it was just part of it. Right. Um, but then I thought, okay, this year I'm, I'm doing it. I'm bringing them. We're going to start with a walk. And well, we're excited because even now that we're that 2020 is behind us, you know, at the air, at the time of this recording, we're in early February of 2021. Um, we do have plans to have a walk in person, if allowed, um, at that point. And we are looking for it to be in the fall. So if awesome. you're listening to this podcast and we're still not in the fall yet, um, please be sure to check out the show notes. Go to our website. You can find all the information about our upcoming events. And one of them would be our walk, if we're able to have an in-person walk. Uh, but because it's outdoors... Um, it is. It does allow for some flexibility there. And the cool thing about it is um, we're going to go back to FDR State Park, where we usually hosted our walk. Um, and last year, we were planning to kind of change up the venue and go somewhere else. Um, but because of you know everything that's happened in 2020, uh, we're going to be going back to FDR State Park. So you're familiar with that park. Uh, for those that are listening, FDR State Park is in Yorktown Heights. It's a beautiful state park. We have our walk there every year. Our walk is a walkathon, and in past years we would always have a 5K as well. Really great day. You can bring your dogs out, your cats out, your turtle if they you, know, you walk them. <laughs> Any yeah. animals are welcome. We uh-huh. love you. Love taking photos of those uh, of our walkers with uh, yeah. their pets, which is really one of the fun things that I have on my end when sharing it on social media. Is sharing photos of dogs with their bibs on, like they're gonna go running. Um, <laughs> it's hysterical, but it does. It, it does bring that sense of community. I feel like because yeah. you dogs are a part of the family, and if you and a lot of times at events, you know, people have to leave their dogs behind or leave their pets behind, and this is an opportunity for them at a very low cost, you know, uh, you know to them because our walk last year was going to be free. It was going to be free admission, so you were going to be able to just show up and support us, you know, throughout the day. So that was going to be cool. Um, so we'll see how that works out for the for twenty twenty one. But it's exciting because it allows for people to bring all members of their family, you know, furry or not to be part of the day. And, um, and the fact that your son and daughter will be able to potentially be there for the 20, yeah. for the, the one this year, it's exciting. Cause it'll be a nice team effort. Um, man, I can't even imagine it. I'm excited. Just thinking about it. I know. <laughs> and just the, the energy, like it's just great. It's, it's like a, a festival. It's, it's really fun. That's awesome. So one of the sections, Rana, that we have in the podcast is called our shooting star segment. So it's a series of questions where you say the first thing that comes to mind. And, you know, we've talked about a lot of different memories that you've had uh, with Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley over the years. Uh, But out of all of them, you know, what would you say is your favorite Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley memory? And I know that's tough. It's like picking your favorite child. You can't do it. Uh, But maybe maybe one of more recent memory or maybe one that really touched you um, deeply maybe over the years. Well, one that 
I was not on the wish, um, but it's one of those that you referenced before, which is sort of a combination of um, Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley and then um, the Garden of Dreams um, and a lot to do with the talent show that the Garden of Dreams does is um, Matt's wish. So Matt, um, who met Ziggy Marley, Yes. Okay. So for our listeners, uh, Matt is one of our wish kids, uh, really amazing, talented artist. Um, and his wish was to meet Ziggy Marley, Bob Marley's son. Um, and yeah, he, he actually performed at the volunteer luncheon that you also shot a few years ago. He performed one of his original songs. I believe it's called um, Happy. Was it Happy? We'll make sure if he's on YouTube and we have a link to that uh, performance, I'll be sure to attach it to the show notes so that those that are listening to this podcast can take a listen to Matt's, um, you know, performance of his song. Um, and the cool thing about that, and I'm not sure if you know this, but Matt's uh, grandmother is one of our volunteers. Susan volunteers with us. She's also a trained wish grinder, Um, And she was inspired to volunteer as a result of seeing Matt's wish come true to meet Ziggy Marley. So you got to, you were you kind of saw that from the periphery of seeing that wish kind of unfold. So seeing a lot of what happened after, I mm. think, because he was very young. He was what was he four? Or, yeah, he was very uh, young. He was very young, just so super sweet. And and now he, I actually photographed his bar mitzvah um, for the family. Wow! And, you know, so and. Susan, his mom, uh, his grandmother, sorry. Um, well, his mom is also yeah, his Susan, mom is, which is also confusing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so his grandmother actually goes to my nail salon too. So I would run into her, you know, it's, it's wow. this, those worlds colliding. Um, I love and, hearing that. I really and, do. And they're just such an amazing family. Um, and so then watching him over the years, at the talent show as well. So seeing him perform at the volunteer luncheon that first time, cause I had sort of heard about the wish, but then actually seeing him perform was amazing and knowing that his story and then meeting his family and, and just sort of every time I see them, it's just pure joy. And um, he's just an awesome kid. And he's almost like he's he's growing really fast. It's it's great. So I would see him year after year as part of the alumni um, choir for the talent show as well. So, um, and I have to give a shout out to the Garden of Dreams because outside of their you know partnership where they do help us grant wishes for kids. Um, actually, one of the first wishes that we that they granted for Make a Wish was a, one of our wishes was was for a kid. His name is Matthew, and his wish was to meet Mark Messier, a New York Rangers legend, uh, which we have amazing photos of, and it was a great experience. And they really set the bar at that point of how this partnership was going to go. And you know, we're so thankful to them for that relationship and um, their ability to kind of open up all the different properties in a sense of Madison Square Garden for potential wishes. I know they work closely with not just us, but also Metro New York, um, as well as Connecticut, New Jersey. So, you know, collaboratively, you know, the tri-state area is really well um, connected with the Garden of Dreams Foundation. Um, but the cool thing about them is that they also provide additional opportunities for people that they've connected with over the, the years for them to stay involved with the Garden of Dreams. And one of the ways that they do that is through this talent show. And a lot of our wish kids tend to overlap 
in many ways with the talent show for that they host. Um, so we have kids like Matt who have have performed on it. We have Wish alum like Bianca Muniz who yeah. you know just recently performed for our Wish Night, you know, and and she's done amazing. And all these other you know Wish alum like Sarah, you know Hyman who you know had a wish to be to go to Disney World, and her family is very involved with our chapter and and um, Stephanie. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, there's the other another Stephanie. Yeah, there's, so there's so many that that's what I love about this podcast is to show how we are also connected. I mean, you mentioned it earlier how, you know, human connection is important. And and this is actually we, we truly are partners in care with the Garden of Dreams Foundation, with Maria Ferrari Children's Hospital, with, you know, all these other organizations that are local in the Hudson Valley region that we do connect with over the years, you know, Elizabeth Seaton you know, Children's Hospital, yep. you know, we have Children's Sunshine Home, you know, we have so many amazing oh, partners. I've done a lot of wishes there. That yeah. Is, yeah, which that. which is a whole conversation for another day, because those kids, a lot of times they're, they're are, they are nonverbal. Um, yeah. Most of those wishes are party related to kind of give them an experience that, you know, that that works for with their their senses in a way. Um, and those are amazing wishes in themselves. And actually, um, we ha- we have an episode with two wish granters. Their names are Monica Gadotti, which you know, mm-hmm. along with Darren Scala, which you also know. Um, <laughs> and they we did a joint episode with them, but they talk about it in their episode of of why they choose those types of wishes because they work on on a lot. Of, they work on almost predominantly those uh, wishes from these um, these facilities, and the joy that it brings them to know that they're able to provide this for these kids um, is something really special. So definitely look out for that episode, that joint episode of Darren and Monica's experience as wish granting volunteers, specifically working on wishes for kids that are nonverbal. It's one of those really important episodes. I think people would really enjoy listening to, Um, but yeah, but anyways. Yeah. And I can probably, I can provide a whole album of of pictures of the two of them together and they're like so great together (laughs) they are like the they are they um, are truly a good partnership it's one of the reasons it's one of the things that makes our life a lot easier when you know and specifically our volunteer coordinator who coordinates the assignments for wish you know wish kids um she's the one that's working with all the volunteers and it makes it so much easier for her to know that whenever monica signs up for a wish Typically, Darren will be raise his hand and say, I'll do it with Monica. Yeah. It just automatically got a team because at a minimum, we need two volunteers to work on wishes. And they always are a great partnership together and makes things go so much smoother. And then on top of that, then they get to see you, you know, capture those moments for these families. I mean, it's something so special. You know, you're ca- a lot of times these families, they don't have many moments like these where they are able to celebrate together as a group. And you're capturing those moments for them. Does that put any pressure on you? Like, I always wonder about that. Like, that's a lot of pressure, you know, that that is kind of on you, almost like an elephant in the room, like capture those moments. Like, it's scary when you really <laughs> think about it. You know, um, do you ever feel like it, it's overwhelming or you feel like, man, I, I, I missed that shot? Or, you know, how do you kind of, you know, navigate through that? Because I know that must be a little difficult sometimes. I do. I feel sometimes that, you know, there's shot, you know, you're definitely... I'm not the kind of person that wants to control the situation and that's not my role in this, in this situation. So I'm very careful. So I know I'm going to miss shots because people are going to walk through or people are in the wrong position or they've placed, you know, the child in a place where I can't really see them. So it's up to me to 
maneuver around and, and my mind is doing like eight things at once and I'm double checking my focus and I'm, you know, I'm doing everything all at once. So that those are the points where if something is about to happen, that's where like all adrenaline is, is going. And I'm just like fully on and, you know, synapses are <laughs> just bursting. Yeah. But, um, uh, and the, the only time I feel that I've, the, the shots that I've missed are the ones that nobody knows I've missed. So I, I right. it's not, you know, it's that, I missed the 200th shot you know, it's not, I've got all the others, but then it's that other one that, that, uh, you know, Oh my God, there's another moment and another one. And I could just keep shooting. And then in reality, it's like, no, you need to stop shooting at a certain point. (laughs) There's just moment after moment after moment. And you're taking pictures of, you know, the, the family or the, the siblings doing something or the other guests doing something. There's never a moment that isn't shootable. Um, I do have to say the one at Sunshine Home, um, Javon, who wanted to be a prince for a day. Yes. And his mother, um, that was, so for me, the shots that are the most amazing are just his mother holding him so close with his full on prince regalia, um, which was amazing. And sometimes it's a single shot that says mm-hmm. the whole thing. Um, That's a really special picture because it really shows that, you know, maternal love for her son and how, and how proud she was of him and how happy she was for him. You can see it in their expressions and you can see how happy he was to see how happy she was, if that makes sense. And it was just such a special moment and especially special because again, this is a child that is nonverbal and is not able to, you know, verbalize to his mom, I love you or saying thank you, you know, but in his eyes, you can see it. You can see that connect, that special connection between them. And you were able to capture that, which is amazing. Um, Which brings me to my next question, which is, you know, what advice would you give to someone in the community who is interested in volunteering their time as a skilled-based volunteer or is even looking to donate to Make-A-Wish? You know, what would you tell them about connecting with us here at the Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley chapter? Do it. I mean, there's so many different ways to approach. You guys are so approachable. You also have it very organized. Um, so I would say you can offer whatever whatever it is that you're interested in offering or find out what is needed. Um, there's so many, I think you're so approachable um, and so generous with bringing people in. And um, I would say, you know, again, that the importance of the things that matter right now are, you know, what you do for others. Um, I think especially in this environment and in, you know, um, under all of the situations and the, whatever we've just all been through and what we're continuing to go through, um, whatever you can do, whatever little you can do to, to give and to share and to, you know, connect i think um so i would say just do it contact i love it and you know we talked a lot about wishes on this episode now the next question is if you could have a wish 
what would it be? And I'll give you a few seconds just to remind our listeners, we have five formal wish categories. They are to go, to meet, to have, to be, and to give. So out of those five formal wish categories, Rana, which wish would you wish for? I think you know, it's always been my feeling was always to, to give. If I could have enough to give as much as is needed, um, that would be my wish. Um, so in the way that I can do it now, I would say you can send me on any full wish to um, Bali, Tahiti, um, Bora Bora. Bora. Yes. <laughs> That is one of my wishes. (laughs) So I will go and I'll photograph. Like, it doesn't have to be my wish. I will go with the family and just to, I think it's um, to watch a journey like that, the whole journey and to be part of, and, you know, again, whatever part I could be on, but to sort of cover it in a, in, as a story and, you know, really fully, sort of cover and understand what this process is with that, that is so cool um, <laughs> and, and and if there is a bora bora wish out there that we could go to i, I would join <laughs> yes. you on that um and in um, one word you know how would you describe make a wish hope um, hopeful um the other one that i was thinking of was powerful but I think I tend to go back to hope because there's just power inherent in hope. And so. hope is exactly what, you know, we're aiming for as an organization to provide to our families. And, you know, special thank you to you, uh, Rana, for joining us on this episode of the Wish House podcast, because you truly are, you know, an important part of our ability to provide hope to our families. So we can't thank you enough for sharing a little bit about how you got connected to us and, and all the different ways that, you know, your worlds have collided, as you've said a few times on this episode <laughs> of your personal life and make wish. It's just kind of, it's all part of the fabric of life really. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. And um, thank you. And man, we, we should, we got to have this conversation again after we get a few more wishes under our belt together. Yeah. That was, that was <laughs> awesome. I really appreciate that you asked me. I really didn't mean, but what by commenting on, on the other podcast that you did with Brian I was just like oh yay I can't wait to listen to this I didn't even think that you would ask me so no thank you you were on you were 100 on that. the list we we can't wait yeah. to we couldn't wait to connect with you because I, I knew that we would have stories but I, I forgot about all the ones we had and it's awesome to just think about them again yes. I, you know all of a sudden I'm like oh yeah and then there's that and there's that but well Again, Again, on behalf of everybody, we can't thank you enough for everything. For everything. Thank, thank you. you so much. <laughs> we'll be in touch. Okay, great All to right. see you. You too. Bye. Bye. To our listeners, remember, you can always refer to our show notes for additional information about the topics we discussed today. We invite you to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast to help us reach as many people as possible about our wonderful mission. Special thanks to the executive producers of the Wish House podcast, Jillian Rodriguez and Sydney Wolf. Shout out to Wish alum Brian Chin for providing our podcast theme music. And finally, from all of us at the Wish House, stay safe and healthy.